0: As Israel and Hamas prepare for the final day of the limited ceasefire, there are talks of extending the deal. And the world's largest iceberg, grounded for decades, is on the move. The Morning Rundown starts now. From the Straight Arrow News studio, bringing the stories that matter to you from across the United States and around the world, this is the Morning Rundown. Today is Monday, November 27th. Thank you for joining us. I'm Shannon Longworth. As Israel and Hamas prepare for the final day of the four-day ceasefire agreement, the two sides appear to be open to extending the hostage release deal. Since Friday, Hamas has released dozens of hostages, mostly Israeli women and children, as well as foreign nationals. In exchange, Israel has released more than 100 imprisoned Palestinian women and teenagers and allowed for more humanitarian aid to enter Gaza. Today, a fourth exchange is expected to see a total of 50 hostages freed by Hamas and 150 Palestinians released by Israel. Israel has said it would extend the pause in fighting by one day for every 10 additional hostages released. Hamas issued a statement Sunday saying it is looking to extend the short-term peace agreement by, quote, seriously seeking to increase the number of those released from imprisonment. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu responded Sunday evening, saying an extension in the pause in fighting would be, quote, welcome. He said however the agreement ends, Israel would continue its mission of eliminating Hamas. On Sunday, Hamas released more than a dozen more hostages, including four-year-old Abigail Mor eden whose parents were killed in Hamas's terror attack on Israel. President Joe Biden spoke after the news of her release. Abigail was among 13 hostages released today from Gaza, under the brokered and sustained, though intensive, U.S. diplomacy. She's now safely in Israel, and we continue to press and expect for additional Americans will be released as well. And we will not stop working until every hostage is returned to their loved ones. U.S. officials this morning are not saying if an attack on a commercial cargo ship by pirates near Somalia on Sunday was related to the growing tensions in the region. The U.S. Navy intervened to stop the hijacking. Officials say two ballistic missiles were fired hours later at the Navy destroyer that responded to the scene The missiles were fired from the part of Yemen that is controlled by Iranian-backed Houthi rebels. The U.S. is investigating Iran's possible involvement. Police in Burlington, Vermont, have arrested a suspect in the shooting of three students of Palestinian descent who were wounded near the University of Vermont on Saturday. The suspect, identified as 48-year-old Jason J. Eaton, is set to be arraigned today in connection with the shooting. Police say the three students, all men in their 20s who attend other U.S. colleges, were shot outside the home of one of the victim's relatives they were visiting over the Thanksgiving holiday. The shooting scene was also near Eaton's apartment building. Police say the gunman fired his weapon at least four times without speaking. Two of the students were wearing traditional Palestinian scarves at the time. Authorities say two of the victims are U.S. citizens. The third is a legal resident. One of the students suffered serious injuries. The others are in stable condition. Authorities say they are investigating whether the shooting was a hate crime. In a letter to his Democratic colleague Sunday, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer laid out his plan to bring a national security package to the Senate floor. The bill would include funding for both Ukraine and Israel and could be brought to vote as early as next week. This comes following Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson's attempt at pushing through an aid package to Israel while slashing IRS funding. That package passed the House but was quickly rejected by the Senate. For the Senate to pass any sort of funding for Israel and Ukraine, Senate Republicans insist it must include stricter border policies, an issue Schumer says is hyperpartisan. Schumer added that his goal is to bring the package to a vote the week of December 4th, following an all-senators briefing on Ukraine. President Biden will not be attending the U.N. climate change conference in Dubai later this week, according to the White House. World leaders from nearly 200 countries are expected to attend. Biden has attended the conference for the past two years. Though no reason has been given for Biden's absence, senior White House officials have pointed to the president being consumed in recent weeks with the war between Israel and Hamas. Vice President Kamala Harris is also not expected to be at the conference, though U.S. Special Envoy for Climate John Kerry and other top officials are scheduled to attend. In Dubai, nations are expected to discuss, among other topics, whether to come to an agreement on phasing out fossil fuels. The world's largest iceberg, roughly three times the size of New York City, is drifting out of Arctic waters after being grounded to the ocean floor for decades. The iceberg, dubbed A23A by scientists, detached from an Antarctic ice shelf in 1986, but got stuck to the ocean floor. Scientists say that the iceberg, being pushed by the wind and currents, has been moving faster and faster, making its way past the northern tip of the Antarctic Peninsula. The reason behind the iceberg's sudden movement is unclear. But scientists say it is less likely due to changing water temperatures, with a scientific consensus that eventually it would decrease in size and lose its grip on the ocean floor. Finally this morning, a three-year cruise on the open seas sounded like paradise for the passengers who booked Life at Sea's Cruises inaugural voyage. However, with just days to go before the departure date, the dream trip of a lifetime was canceled. Passengers who were willing to spend almost $30,000 per year were promised a trip that would cover 130,000 miles, nearly 400 ports and over 130 countries. The three-year cruise was scheduled to begin in Amsterdam on November 30th, which was the third departure date told to passengers after delays. On November 17th, passengers were notified by the Turkey-based company that the cruise was not happening. The company admitted it had no ship. Another cruise company had purchased the vessel it was planning to use. Some passengers remain in Istanbul, the original departure location, saying they sold their homes in anticipation of their multi-year journey. The company has said it would issue refunds in monthly installments beginning next month, and it would pay for flights for passengers still stranded in Istanbul. These are your top stories for this Monday. If you're a subscriber of the Morning Rundown newsletter, in today's edition we take a look at today's Cyber Monday shopping events by the numbers. If you're not a subscriber yet, head over to san.com rundown to sign up. Unbiased, straight facts. That's Straight Arrow News. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, I'm Shannon Longworth. Have a great day.